Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Run, the girls with the, the women with the curves and and the size plus sizes well, and thing, they're they just look be look fast. And they I used to always say, but this is proper with me. Anyhow, anyhow, yeah. morning good morning good morning we are here again today life in red and black our life in red and black. i thought she forget it just no <laughs> today she ain't going the colors though i don't understand but she represented something else that we both represent caribbean white life which is something that um we basically started from a little idea a friend of mine called him realist Talking to the mic, God. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Let me talk to the <laughs> Let me talk to the mic. The people so, need to hear you. Yeah, so really started this uh, movement, and so far it has it has gone global. So I got a big Redis on this one. Caribbean bike life, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bringing bonds, bikes bring bonds, and it bring a lot of guys together in this movement. So, so I'm just representing, and I I felt like wearing my yellows today. Um, my 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 daughter loves beads in her hair, and as a bigger woman as I am, <laughs> I love wearing beads in my hair. So I had to make sure I match. You know, us women have to match with our yeah. apparel. And I'm in the hot seat today, so yeah. Today I, I doing be something different. Doing her today, something different. So let's get right to it. So Claire, you are which we had we had mentioned in one of our episodes before a nutrition coach. That's right? correct. And, you know, there's a lot surrounding being a nutrition coach. A lot of people feel or think that, you know, it's simple mass or you just, you know, how you could go online, pick a meal, and it would just work for you. But from being with you, I realize that's not true. There's a lot of detail that goes into planning a meal for a person and Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. So today we're going to ask you some questions. You're going to get to the source, the root. All right. What makes a good nutrition coach and what right. actually is the formula to be to eat healthy and live healthy. I know okay. especially with the whole COVID and stuff going around, yeah. this is the time where people actually know paying attention to eating healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. So right. So some of the questions I can ask you, one of the questions I can ask you, what got you into nutrition and like the work people you work with, you know, the university, going to school. Uh, tell us a little about that. Well, um, I've told the story a few times, um, and I try to add on a different piece to it every time. Um, I have shared quite a few times about being on the macaroni box. Um, yeah, but the macaroni box, but if they know that, you got to take out <laughs> that macaroni box. <laughs> yeah, that, I've shared that story quite a few times. Um, but I think I think the bigger picture outside of the macaroni box was really going through um, a, a difficult time with my health um, when I was at university. Um, you know, university and, and student life can has its own dynamic of stress management with a lot of assignments and studying and, you know, needing that quick food fix kind of thing and, you know, sugar rushes to stay up studying late and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, it took a toll on me and at the time when it started taking a toll, it also coincided with my grandmother, um, getting very ill, uh, with, with different things. So she had diabetes, she had heart disease and she had cancer and it all panned itself out over the time that I was at university. 
So it was just, it, it was like everything came tumbling and, and um, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't like a chronically ill, but it was still, you know, issues that at the time felt like they were uh, gynecological, a lot of pains in my stomach, things that I had to go and get ultrasounds for and, you know, other different medical tests and everything was coming back, pretty much saying it was fine. Um Two turning moments for me when I really realized that I had to pay attention um, was one, something that happened with me and then something that happened with my gran. Um, so pertaining to my gran, um, it was my myself and my family caring for her after she had her open heart surgery. And <laughs> the thing is, like, you realize that when it comes to us understanding our body, right, we don't really know. We know all so much about the outside of our body, but mm -hmm. we really don't know like a lot of what happens yeah, on the inside. On inside yeah. And unless you have somebody directly in your family that's going through something, nine times out of ten, the average person is not going to see what a surgery patient looks like, or you know what when you get your foot amputated, like the real ins and outs of losing a limb and stuff like that. So it was a big shock to me. It was a big shock to actually see like that huge scar like on her chest and like the pain that she had to go through with healing it. And and the doctors explained that they actually have to crack your ribs, which, of course, they try not to do now. They try to give you a catheter instead. But, you know, it's really intensive surgery. And you're like, fuck, I don't want to do that. Mm. Um, so that was hard. That was hard watching her go through that. Um, cancer came three years later, which was a whole different ballgame. Um, but then for me now, it was kind of what felt like a life or death. Um, I was kind of like at the end of a year of frustration, not being able to get answers directly from the doctor. And um, I had, I started to go through this boat of getting really, really bad sore throats, you know. And um, I, I, I was taking all sorts of antibiotics. And it seemed like the, the medication that the doctor gave me at the time, I didn't know, but I was allergic to it. And it was one big fat horse pill. I'll never forget it. It was yeah. like this big. And I, I took the pill. Um, my throat was flaming. I mean, have you ever had like a sore throat? I, I don't know if anybody did tonsillitis. Like, it was unreal. I couldn't even think of swallowing ice cream. It was that painful. And within less than like three minutes... I felt like someone was sitting on my chest and crushing me to death. I could not breathe. It was anaphylaxis, right? Um, I Luckily, I mean, I, I got intervention. This is why people, it's really important. Like, we put a lot of emphasis on the doctor. Yeah, it was no but you better know question. a pharmacist that knows their right. drugs, right? So, so, like, to avoid things like that, I mean, how will a person best go about, like, to research like, the medication. Because a lot of people well, just take medication because I, I think a lot of people used to, but I think yeah. that there's there are patients that are, and, and this is actually probably tied into what it's like to be a nutrition coach. A lot more people, and this, is, this sounds like I'm discrediting doctors, but doctors have done irresponsible things or things that they didn't think through properly because they're human, right? Yeah. And understanding, to be fair to a doctor, I mean, the list of medications that they have to know and understand is insane. So that's why uh, the pharmacist, everybody works on board. So I'm saying that a pharmacist actually helped me to understand what happened. It wasn't penicillin. It was a derivative of penicillin, but it was still close enough to cause a problem. Mm. So, but it was a wake-up call. It was a very unpleasant experience. And I just, everything all around, it was like, okay. <sighs> Maybe there's a lot more going on here than I really understand. Mm -hmm. And from there, it was just 
movement forward, you know? I, I from personal experience, and a lot of men could attest to this, I got, we as men, we hate going to the doctor. We right. just hate. And then the reason for that is that we don't want to hear nothing bad. Uh, we don't want to hear we got to do this or we got to mm-hmm. do that. To it's an unknown. Or, yeah. Yeah. There's basically unknown. Right. And what you describe is like, we going to the mechanic to get mm-hmm. a care fix. Mm-hmm. And, a mechanic diagnosing the, the problem by saying you gotta buy this part, you gotta buy that part. And, <laughs> and, and you can't buy the part for a body I, most I, of the exactly. time. <laughs> right. And then sometimes it'd be the wrong part you're buying. So <laughs> then you end up wasting money and then you gotta go all over again to get yeah. somebody else to then give you a, a proper assessment and correct. So the the body you know is the difference between the care of the body, the body is something living. Yeah. real. So you can make those mistakes. You shouldn't mm-hmm. make those mistakes. Yeah. You are subscribing medication to because it can kill or yeah. it can even make yeah. things matters For worse sure. so i a lot of people um as right now is be real skeptical about taking stuff yeah and a lot of people research so i'll say that that is a huge difference you know we have to understand so i'm kind of jumping the gun maybe i don't know if this is coming out later in your interview questions but the uh, patients have changed over the years and we no longer find patients who just take what you say willy-nilly and that Mm -hmm. comes to nutrition recommendations and i tell my clients like don't say anything I tell you. Uh, do, do your research. Go and do your research. Yeah. And if you come back and you say, hey, look, Claire, you've recommended X, Y, and Z supplement, but, you know, I'm reading something that's saying that this is better. I'm going to research that with you. I'm yeah. not going to... It's you know, always that, humble pie. Like, that's, that's not... Much people don't do that. Much doctors won't even... Well, <laughs> let me tell you. I give credit to someone that I worked with. Um, his name is Lawrence Maz. Lawrence Maz Blow. Lawrence Maz. And I really learned a lot working with Lawrence because in my mind at the time, the man was like a genius. And when I say a genius, I mean, he, when he was talking to clients, he had his books out. It wasn't just him spewing stuff off the top of his head, yeah. right? I mean, he knew his stuff, yeah. but he would always have a lot of books in his office and like you know he would pull out they he would like show certain conditions he would show you the chapters where it would explain why he was giving certain recommendations and i built a healthy respect for that um and 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 yeah you know so you, you have to know you have to know your drugs and you have to know your food and you have to know your anatomy is is part of learning yourself uh I, we had a little Debate yesterday about uh, the sandy water and, <laughs> and uh, James, edit that, please. We're not calling the name of any products on this show. Beep. Right, right, right. We had a discussion about water yesterday, and there was a certain ingredient in the water where the guy was discussing how it can be bad for the body mm-hmm. and stuff. And then when I showed it to you, you said, "You said to me, well, yes, may, uh, as much as he may be saying that." There may be a problem with the, the mm-hmm. certain substance in the, the product. There's also a different way that you can look at it where there's a lot of other products that has the same substance, mm-hmm. but it's the quantity that is being it, yep, used. And, yeah, that and being cause monitored, the effect, correct. Right? So it's like not knowing and having that education tool is be so helpful that you have someone that is there that can yeah. show you certain And it's, it's um, so. You asked me about university life, right? right? Yeah. So this was, of all the things that I learned on my degree, in my degree, um, my bachelor's in nutrition that I think I really 
um, took, like the biggest nugget that I took was not so much learning about food, but the skill set that I learned at, at university, which was funny enough, a little, not, uh, yes, you have to research at UE, but the way the English system was laid out over there was uh, felt a little bit more intense on the research side of it. So I think that they, you, you learn, like you have to have a critical thinking cap. And this is where now, you know, when we watch documentaries on, on what we should eat or not eat and stuff, the people who write those things, they understand critical thinking. So it's a lot easier for them to be persuasive on you to how to, to formulate your opinions. It also means that when you have marketing companies and drug companies and food companies and all these different companies, they understand behavioral psychology that the average person doesn't get. They understand research. Research is complicated, <laughs> very complicated to prove if something works or if it doesn't, right? These are the trials that are set up for years. They have certain parameters. They have certain number of people in the study, confounding factors in the study, and it can be, it can be confusing. So that, there was a lot of emphasis on that when I was at university, and it, it, makes, it makes giving a patient a plan not as straightforward as people think mm. on the surface. Uh, you see, <coughs> when you speak about that, I I see like the way people market food mm -hmm. to get you to buy, buy into <laughs> to food. Oi, like, oi. Let me tell you, the, the soft <laughs> skill sets they use to get you drawing to mm. certain foods and stuff is like, how could you resist? You know what I mean? I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge eating healthy. Which yeah. is basically mm -hmm. me to another question. Like, for you as a nutrition coach, right? I mean, how hard is it to sit with a patient and tell or give them a meal plan where you know for yours for yourself that the cost to get these items and these these things they will need for even for yourself it'd be really challenging. <laughs> I I inhale deeply and exhale deeply. It has felt at times that I have been banging my head against the wall with finding solutions that are a reflection of my honesty in the way I live my life. Because there's a expectation that you're the coach, so you have to you have to be able to walk the walk you yeah, talk, well, yeah. right? But people forget that you're learning too, mm -hmm. and you don't always have all the answers. And uh, what any doctor, nail technician, personal trainer, as you get different clients, this is where your skill sets then widen. And yes, I'm not hiding it. Like I have been in a boat that a lot of other women have found themselves in, being a single mom for a very long time before I met you. Um, and there have been times where trying to juggle that has been incredibly difficult. I guess, I guess, I guess even especially with a child. Yeah. Trying to balance it too. Yeah, yeah, it's been incredibly difficult. And expense is a real problem. Yeah. You know, and... But then and you, you, have, you have the expense part and getting the foods. Mm -hmm. And then when you got the, the kids or the, the, the mm -hmm. child there, it's like trying to get them to eat the same as you. And that's another difficult task to deal with as well. It is. It is, and I am not going to hide it. There have been times that 
the challenge of it personally has made me feel like giving up and has made me feel like it, it's not my calling and I was been fooling myself and who am I, I can't get this done. But I've learned so much in not giving up. And I think where I where it has helped me develop is understanding that the, the clients that are coming to me, a lot of them are going to be reflecting the same challenges mm -hmm. and that the only way that I can truly speak to them is if I go through them myself and come out on the other side. So bearing all these things in mind, finances, family challenges, um, taste preferences, time restraints. When clients come to me now, I am a heck of a lot less judgier than I used to be. <laughs> Some of my earlier presentations, I feel like knocking myself across the head, like, <laughs> who are you talking to? Who <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Um, but it's also, and it's made me more empathetic and it's helped me to, with clients, like to be able to pick the lowest hanging fruit. When you're trying to start any nutrition program, don't try to change everything. Yeah. Yeah. You get frustrated. Yeah. Right. They, they, that's a whole different change. I, I know a lot of people would not be able to handle that. I wouldn't. Honestly. Which, which actually leads to another thing that you asked about meal plans. Yeah. Meal plans don't work for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Right, so you'll oh yeah, I went on X, Z, Y, and Z website, and they paid twenty dollars, and they got a meal plan. But ask the person two weeks from now, <laughs> are you following your meal plan? Mm -hmm. No, because it has to factor in all these things. And and if you can if you can grab at the lowest hanging fruit on the tree, then you feel like you're successful, mm -hmm. and then you can build on that. Yeah, it's a gradual change, not a. It's a, very a gradual. Instant, yeah. It's very, very gradual. And I guess that's one of the reasons that a lot of people don't stick to a meal plan because of that. Because is I when I first before I met you, when I first had a meal when I was in the gym, in the mm -hmm. nation gym, and I had a meal plan from one of the coaches. Mm -hmm. When I see the things I had to eat, <laughs> things that I couldn't taste before I even put it in my mouth. I could like, <laughs> like No <laughs> And not eating that. So I to 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 like look at it from a a, a person in my shoes mm -hmm. getting a meal plan from a, a coach or somebody profession mm -hmm. that has given me a meal plan with totally different foods that I never used to eat, I never had liked or nothing like that, and then expect me to just be able to just change like that, it's gonna be hard. Yeah. And then to then to try to achieve the goal mm -hmm. that you said that I could achieve by doing it. I mean you try to study the goal, <laughs> but everything you try to eat the food is like no, nah, I can't get this. <laughs> And you end up giving up. So yes. uh, yeah, so that gets that one of the reasons and where I'm going in this horrible spiral that becomes so right. challenging to get yeah. out of. So I guess that one of the reasons that is is we really healthy and good to have a, a coach. Yeah. That can yeah that can get a, have an understanding that it just just doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. And you know the challenge is to to help you now find a way a formula. Work. And something that is very, um, so something that I probably should blog about a little more often or vlog about or whatever the term is, is I, I, I'm a bit of a, a nerd when it comes to uh, reading up about the mind and, and, and uh, what makes us tick. I just, I find the human brain and behavior very, very fascinating. So something that we need to also see is that when I look at a person 
what you project to me mm-hmm. is just your iceberg on the surface. Mm-hmm. There's a whole set of layers below you or anybody that I am now as a therapist, a coach, a friend, a wife, or whatever. We're, I'm not getting to see that side. So a client could be coming to you for like three months, right? They put as their main priority weight loss. In a man's case, it may be muscle gain. But there's a whole heap of stuff underneath that iceberg that has to change first. It has to melt first before that top that they're aiming for gets addressed. And they're going through those changes, but they're not visual changes, most of them. A, a lot of them is mental changes, emotional changes. And they can't, they don't, we don't usually quantify that. And so everybody's on the outside looking at you and judging you. And, oh, you, you paying you pay this to Trish and Coach. You're, you're going, she, you believe she's going to the gym for the last three months, but she's like, she ain't losing the weight. Like, mm-hmm. oh, these are things that people on the outside will be seeing. But yet, the person might not know that you slept a whole night for the first time in three months. Mm-hmm. They might not know that you had a period where for the first time you didn't feel like choking somebody to death. And all those are real changes, right? So it's again, it's like this idea of what is your goal? What 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 is it really doing for you? Or is it just the emphasis always on the on the way you look? Yeah, and most of the time the way you look. Most of the time. Of course it is. Yeah. All the IG models, yeah. you know, asses at the That's door. That's what they promote. Yeah, they yeah. look all sexy yeah. and all that, right? But there's so much more a healthy lifestyle and habits than just looking good that's true but it doesn't sell nope, it doesn't sell that's not what it sells a good healthy sleep doesn't sell you know how many of my clients have insomnia yeah trust me no <laughs> so being from being around you i see the, the changes and and the praises and stuff from from people calling and mm-hmm. say clearly first may slept for a whole eight hours and they feel so good and stuff and yeah you feel drunk yeah. If you ca- if I can't sleep, <laughs> please. <laughs> if you ever see me out and I look like I'm possibly drunk, ask me if I've had a good night's sleep because I don't function when I don't sleep. Yeah, you know. So it's coaching. Coaching is different. <laughs> coaching is different. You got to bring your A game. You can't you can't be a basketball coach on the sidelines <laughs> and like you got to be the you got to be your team's biggest cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> That's that actually what was leading me back to what is like being a nutrition coach. You know what I mean? You <laughs> you gotta find that balance of not letting people feel sorry for themselves, but yet pushing them outside of a comfort zone. You gotta find when sometimes clients need to be spoken to harshly about things that they don't wanna address. Yeah. But if they don't, they're not gonna make any change. So your biggest challenge with your clients, what would you say it, it, it would be in terms of getting them to the point that they want to achieve this goal? The biggest challenge I had with me, and now I see it clearly with my clients, is something that they teach you at school. It's called victim mode. Mm. And many of us, if not most of us practice it, and we don't even know it. Mm. And victim mode is so insidious (laughs) 
and its tentacles creep into your life because we're taught that we need to get help from somebody. Yes, that may be true, and we don't know everything. But when it comes to changing ourselves, no one can really make you change yourself unless you're ready to. You know, there's that, that I think the correct word is an adage, the, the, the teacher appears when the student is ready. Yeah. There's never a truer saying than that. When you put out there that you want to change, you're the person that's made that connection first, not the person that you're coming to. Mm-hmm. They're only helping you to, to pad out the pathway. Guide. That's guide. But they can't make you walk. Mm-hmm. So as a coach, you try to meet the person where they're at. You try not to shove too many recommendations. You, you have to be able to assess where the person really is at. If all the person can manage at the time, like say someone has no motivation to cook, what's giving a meal plan going to do? <laughs> they come home from work, they're tired, they just don't even want to look at the stove. Right. They're, you know what I mean? What, what is a meal plan really going to do yeah. for that person in that place? Versus maybe all they can manage is putting on Pinterest and just getting all juicy and sexy watching food that they would absolutely love prepared, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe just they all they can manage is going to a restaurant. So we go through the menus of the restaurants that they really want to go to and we decide what's the best thing that you could get at this restaurant. Meet the person where they're at, yeah. not where you want them I to like be. That. I like that. I like that. That even goes back to me in terms of my cooking and my frustrations in terms of preparing meals for, for persons and you know, I think it like being trying to balance like I want you know, business got this thing that <laughs> you're always trying to poison them. <laughs> Cause yo, business don't like the train anyway. I be honest you like yo that I feel business naturally this should be macaroni pie. <laughs> I think it is an unsaid. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think it should be macaroni pie. Look, look. I think it's an unsaid national dish, but I don't think it looks good. <laughs> Cheese can't replace right. fish. Uh, cheese, let me tell you that. So, uh, I mean, like, there's so much from meeting you. There's mm-hmm. so much things that I have tried lately. Mm. And not what have you tried? Like the falafel, um, uh, like hummus, and mm-hmm. and I didn't even know that chickpeas could create so much different <laughs> flavors, flavors, and delicacies. Mm-hmm. Like and then peas and shoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, these things don't really be taught to us. Like anyway, we think oh, we think about pork we think about beef we think about lamb we think about uh, all the pastas and, and, and fried chicken and fried chicken for sure fish and right i mean there's, there's, there's so much healthy stuff and so much different ways you can create healthier meals but then the hardest part is like the ingredients that when you got to use to purchase and stuff that mm-hmm. is really killer mm-hmm. right it is so and it doesn't get I, I to me it doesn't get talked about the way i would like it to so you know, you, you are right, you changing somebody's meal plan. Let's start with some standard stuff, right? Okay, you might be able to do whole wheat pasta. Hmm, the price in that might not be that, that terrible. But then if you're looking at, say you want to be swapping out, you, you have different grades. So you got white rice, you got brown rice. But then the jumping cost from the brown rice to the basmati rice yeah, or right. even the, um, what's the word, wild rice is massively different. 
Then to jump from Uzinwa rice to quinoa mm-hmm. is a whole different ball game. I love quinoa. Yeah, we can feed our family yeah, on quinoa, quinoa. regular time. You straight nope. again for that. Same thing with the cheeses. Better quality cheeses increase in price. Better quality juices increase in price. Better to, better quality yogurts increase increase in price. If you're talking about changing now from using regular white sugar or brown sugar to using agave or honey um, or stevia, that's a huge jump in price. So it's like. Oh, let's not forget going from white flour to using yeah. almond flour. Oh, almond yeah. flour is an amazing, beautiful That's vegan recipes. Flour. But oh my goodness, the cost is <laughs> what? <laughs> Can I really buy that regularly? Maybe I'll just dilute some of this white flour <laughs> with a little bit of this almond over here. You understand? Yeah. And if that's what my client, if if that's where my client's budget is at, then okay. Yeah. That's where we work from. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Trying to keep it balanced, trying to keep it... Trying to keep um, it real. So keep it real at the same time, yeah. So, so I can ask this question. I wish it was <laughs> a little touch on what it was no, no saying about the, the, the or national industry, Marconi. What are Barbians like when it comes to food? I think that we have changed. I've seen, since I've gone into the food industry, I've seen some change. I think... Um, we have, we have uh, a lot more restaurants that have come about. So I, I do see there's a lot more openness. But I think maybe when it comes to our day-to-day way of eating, um, there's a lot of old school. And it's, it, you know, in a way, remember we watched this, um, this really cool documentary called High on the Hog? Mm-hmm. And it, it, was, <laughs> it was charting how uh, slavery and, and Africa impacted our culinary yeah, arts culinary now, food, right? Yeah. And it made me realize that sometimes it's, so we can be traditional. There's nothing wrong with being traditional, but it's, it's, it's giving ourselves space to exercise our version of traditional. A fusion. A fusion, and I think that instead of trying, instead of us trying to like change our whole way of eating, it's more viewing it as improving our way of 18, eating, yeah. right? And I feel that maybe sometimes we get a little stuck on that, and and you know the food vans create the same a lot of the same things. But then I've spoken to food vendors over the years who've said, but they've tried similar to you. Yeah. They've tried doing something different, but it's not what people want it's because, not what they're accustomed because to because exactly, the business don't it's not don't like to they jump out think out the box try new things and so the problem is they're thinking who is that you want to give me the kill you want to kill me i never said that yet never you know what i mean so the culture that we have we we kind of stick to what we know yeah right? most most of us so it's just a matter of us you know trying to fuse but it'd be, it'd be even interesting to have some kind of like a competition where you tell people stick to local dishes, mm. but show us what you can well, right, do with a local it, dish to right. make it the best version. Exactly. You know, Ooh, hmm, might be idea right there. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so I, I, I think that that is one of the biggest challenges in terms of uh, dealing with food and also trying to keep it healthy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, like, next question is, what is needed most regionally and nationally to address NCD? Jeez. You prep these questions to me. <laughs> Hot boy. This is a, this a <clears throat> this is serious food for thought. 
I went to a seminar once, um, World World Environment Day, where this topic came up. And the speaker at the time, I can't remember the person's name, because um, it was a little while ago, but the speaker at the time was from the UN. And he said something that I think we have to really put at the forefront. There is no magic bullet. And I think if we accept that there's no magic bullet, something magical could happen, which has started to happen, but not to my mind in the, in the, in the way that I would like to see it. And that is basically developing what is called functional medicine or integrated functional medicine. And what that allows is for a better dialogue between the different modes of health care. So... Everyone comes with something that is of benefit to the patient, but depending on the stage that the patient is at. And if there's a healthy respect for what the psychologist does, understanding that maybe if the psychologist sees the patient before uh, the nutritionist, then what the nutritionist recommends can be more easily digested. Or maybe the nutritionist realizing that, yes, it's true that the food may help the person in the long run, but they have acute issues that they need to go and get resolved with by the doctor, right? The doctor's solution might not be the long-term solution, but it could sure put the patient in an in a easier frame of mind when certain symptoms, you know, mm. are, are dealt with. and then Because if you're in pain or you're uncomfortable, you can't think about what's going to happen when the food now kicks yeah, in three uh. months from now you want to feel good right so everybody has their own space and i find that there's a lot of angst still between the complementary health therapies and traditional medicine um traditional medicine western medicine um you know doctors are i, I must give credit there are a lot of doctors out there who ha i've had conversations with and they're really open to discussing the nutrition and the personal training side and and, and the massage therapy yes there are a lot of doctors out there they may not put it out there like publicly but they definitely discuss it and recommend it i think that that's how it should be it should mm -hmm. be a body of a collective body of people that from different parts that correct to, to cause that 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 connection yeah so the so the person the patient of itself could get the best result correct because you can't go a doctor give me one side uh well you know suggesting medication and stuff yeah then. The, the person know is not eating healthy from the nutrition yep. side. Then the person is keeping themselves fit from the tr the training. It side. all has to work together. together. Right. If the person is someone who really values their spirituality, um, you know there may be different other types of healing that you have to respect and 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 give them the space to do that. So I I think I would really love to see that conversation happen more on bigger platforms, maybe more workshops. Um, you know. Having more forums, um, what's, I'm looking for, for conferences and you know that kind of stuff, because health is not straightforward. Yeah, one one thing know? I've learned about health is first stage of health is like the healing of the mind, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if the mind isn't happy with the body, mm -hmm. no matter what you feed the body, no matter what you do with the body, it's made no difference. Oh, I was say healing of your soul, really. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that that's probably what has made me not give up <laughs> with my nutrition and keep trying different things because there is a bigger question at hand. And food journey, when you, I, I love listening to people's health and wellness journeys. 
Um, and then when they really take it seriously, you realize that it does transform their life. Um, it does make them ask difficult questions. It does make them change the people that they're around. Um, it does make them do things that they're uncomfortable with. And, and there's a bigger picture. There's a much bigger picture. So, you know, I, a boy, food, food is love. Food is connection. Food is tradition. It's culture. It's a medicine. Oh, my gosh. It's definitely a medicine. I cannot forget that. Yeah. Food for thought. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know uh, you had, in terms of the same food experiences and your challenges, one of your challenges was wheat. And you have uh, basically a, a love hate relationship with wheat. wheat. And like to that challenge, uh, not seeing, smelling bread baking in the bakery, fresh bread, soft, <laughs> nice and. You mean like the one when you go to school at the convent, you have to smell purity bakeries every single day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, it, like how, how how does a person handle that? Because let me tell you, I don't think I learned anything in kind of full ways. So uh, I, I, I they say you, I, a friend of mine. Oh no, you got a little something there. Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, to that point where you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, let me just make it clear. I am lactose intolerant. But I punish myself a lot because I see things that I like and I can't keep my hands off them. And then. So maybe you need to answer the question because <laughs> it was basically the same methodology. Yeah. <laughs> you eat something, it hurts like hell, it doesn't make you feel good. <laughs> Then you just go right back at it again. So yeah, it's not good. But yeah, I mean, some for some people like. It, but you see, for me, it's not a life or death situation. But some people, certainly, they eat, actually put them in the hospital or put them under. So how does a person deal with something like that? Usually through a lot of pain. Um, I tell you what, I think might be the more immediate challenge. If I was to compare a wheat intolerance to a lactose intolerance, usually a lactose intolerance happens quick. Your body gives a telltale sign because you're not you're not digesting the the sugar um, in the milk very well. But what I have found has happened more so with wheat. It seems to be a more delayed reaction, right? For me, um, I would. I would generally tend to feel pretty yucky uh, about the two days sometimes. Then not even the next day. Two days I could feel. And then, then it like, oof, my, my stomach just, then the bloating kicks in big, yeah. right? Um, and if you don't know what signs to look out for, it can take you a little while to make the connection in your head. Um, wheat causes a lot of issues with people's sinuses. And it's definitely not something that gets put on the list quite easily. But I have firsthand seen the effects of people who have like had snotty noses for years and, and, and be like, wow, I, I, I actually don't need to take anything from my sinuses anymore. So that's where I say it can be quite a painful experience. And then when you're, when you're coming off of certain things, it might equally take a little while for you to feel better. And get back to where you were. So, like, say, if somebody has PCOS, like polycystic ovarian syndrome, is a very huge issue for a lot of women, especially Black women. 
and wheat has um, been shown in a lot of instances to to really not help. And so for a woman monitoring her period um, and, and seeing like how heavy her period is coming and being affected, you actually have to wait a whole month for that cycle to come around again to actually say, okay, yeah, this this month. But by that time, you've had a whole four weeks of doing something. So, you know, the whole awareness of it can yeah. take time to clock in solidly. You know what I've learned, though? A big, big tool that I've learned, and it's not where I thought I would end up being. And it, 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 it's something that I really teach my clients a lot more confidently, is stop beating yourself up. I don't know if men go through this, hon. Do you beat yourself up? No. When you eat something? No. You don't. <laughs> James, do you beat yourself up? When you eat stuff that you know you're not supposed to have. Exactly. Men Do you hear what he just said? He doesn't give a shit. Men don't, they, you don't study it. We just, you just we do it. You just eat and yeah. move, right? Yeah, that's it. If but our bodies work different than females, though. Maybe, but if you're trying to achieve a goal, is it that you're not as stressed out, putting on weight? It doesn't bother you the same way? You feel just as sexy with a big belly as you do when it's yeah, a six pack. Yeah, always always say that uh, <laughs> a good tool needs a cover. I need a shade. <laughs> OMG. Well, women don't think like that. Yeah, we definitely know women don't think like that. <laughs> so we go through a peripheral of emotions that we cannot even begin to describe to you when we sit down with a piece of cheesecake that we know we really should not be eating, but our hormones are going all over the damn place, right? And you cannot beat yourself up. Because it doesn't help. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I, I know you, you named one of the places that you worked. Um, I will touch the other point of that. And mm-hmm. like, some of your experiences in terms of your work, your work, your workplaces and who you work with. You, know, mm-hmm. you, just, you can touch on that. Okay, so I have worked with Lawrence Masblow. Um, he's a chiropractor, sorry, an osteopath and a nutrition uh, coach, you could say, in his own right. Um, functional medicine practitioner. I have worked at Surfside Gym. That was, Surfside really cemented my understanding of fitness now. Um, I got to give George and his team their props. George made his stamp when it comes to health and wellness and has seriously contributed to health and wellness in Barbados. Um, very high standards. Surfside to play, you had to know your stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> From front desk all the way back down. Yeah. So a lot of experience I learned at Surfside for sure. Uh, I worked alongside some of the best trainers that I think are in Barbados. Gosh, oh, Evie. Gosh, yeah, oh, boy, The VAR went through Surfside. Look, the list could go on. So Surfside was awesome, right? Um, I learned the business side of it too. So I got to thank my girl, Salita yeah, and Claudia. Yeah, I learned that side of it. Um, and then I worked at Beyond Limits, and again, that was just another no extension. That side more was like the fun, adventurous yeah. element of it. Um, watching the kids ooh, definitely prepared me for some no fear kids. <laughs> um, but then I did some other sides of it too. I worked with the IDB, and I was working now more on like the NGO side of it, dealing with farmers on the ground, training workshops. Um, I've worked with Slow Food Barbados. They've done an amazing job over the last couple of years now. They've been around for a while, helping people to understand the sustainable side of food production, valuing local foods, that side of it. Um, I've worked, I've gone into several schools and done presentations and workplaces. 
you know, so I, I've come in at a lot of different angles now. And I guess that's why doing um, a blog about food and pulling this kind of stuff in a podcast has now been important to me because I see so many different sides of the whole food question and wellness question that I just feel there's so much to talk about. And once you start me talking about it, I can't yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know that. We know that. We know that. We definitely know that. What time is it? <laughs> we have forty-five minutes on the clock. <laughs> so I, my, my I, I would just make this statement, and, and after hearing everything you said, mm-hmm. I got always, I got shout out uh, Emerson to Emmy, Emerson came to you. Yeah, Emmy's yeah, pushes food yeah. vibe big now. You know, yeah, not yeah. just food, the health vibe, and I like vibe. it. He's yeah. found his own his own He's, mark. Yep, <laughs> and even like from. Seeing his challenges and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I mean, it was huge. <laughs> he <laughs> really see him was. Now, if you see him now, you will mm-hmm. never believe he's the same boy. But it, and he has not only physically changed, mentally he has changed too. The way he operates, the way he sees life now, yeah, is a whole different trans uh, transition. And I, I applaud him for his yeah. journey and where he's at today. And he's even doing the coaching too as well mm-hmm. now, from um, being the experience that he got. So. Seeing how you came into his life and caused help cause that effect mm-hmm. is like uh, achievement for myself watching from the outside. Yeah. So I I I put it out there. Anybody really want a a real life nutrition coach who can actually help you through the steps and be real with it. This is woman here is the woman for you, man. They, they don't got nothing else. <laughs> so I'm gonna round off by sharing a new goal. Whew. I started blogging, vlogging, recording um, my journey in a different way on my IG page, Clearly a Sunflower, Uh, hence why I have my yellows, right? (laughs) And realizing through some encouragement of a few friends, I got to show up my girl Tiffany, right? She's doing products to help you put on weight. And COVID has put me in a different space. Now, I, I think I've... For the most part, I've managed my weight at 120 from the time I was, like, 19, after I went through my whole fitness stuff. And it's only I've started to put on some weight, and I'm, I'm actually allowing myself the space to experiment with it because I feel like that whole small, stay small vibe, it's a little outdated. Overrated. Oh, overrated. <laughs> 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 Definitely overrated. Left out for the white chick mothers on the uh, arm. I love your honesty, boy. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. love your but honesty. We keep it real. We keep it real. <laughs> it's a little overrated. No, this is not to say that I want to become seriously overweight in any form or fashion, but I want to feel comfortable at a heavier weight. So I'm experimenting what that looks like. And it's different. It's interesting. A lot of people are going to make it clear your pain on some weight, and that's cool. That's actually cool. <laughs> I'm learning my body in a new way. Um, so we want to at some point get Tiffany on the show. I've messaged some plus size models. Um, I want to I wanna start opening up the conversation from that side now, yeah. you know. And I'm showing up all of the girls on IG. I don't know all of you personally, but I have been tracking some of their journeys. And um, people like Kathy Drayton, she's huge. Um, and, you know, I want to I wanna say that I think it's really helped women to start embracing their body yeah. and embracing our curves. Yeah, because and, she's in you know, saying the marketing, people market one side mm-hmm. of a journey of being healthy. And mm-hmm. it's the tick. 
sorry, the small, slender, slim. That's critique. always been that out, always there. Be out there. Yeah. You know yeah. Want, the girls with the, the women with the curves and and the size plus sizes well, and thing, they're dead. Just look, be look fast. And they, I used to always say, but this is proper women. Anyhow, anyhow, yeah. So we keep it real. We keep it real. We keeping it real. <laughs> so that's it. That's it for you. Yeah. I feel like I was on the hot seat for sure, boy. Yeah, Woo. Yeah. So yeah, we we had a whole earful, mouthful. And I guess I, there's a lot I I I brought I got from it, and I hope that you got um, some from it too as well. And again, if you want to get more information, you can find me on IG. Clearly, a sunflower. Right. Everything about what I do is there. You can um, private message me. I'm happy to send you all the brochures that have all the information about the packages that I offer, what it entails, and we work through it to suit your goals. Right. We're working with your goals. Mm-hmm. You understand? No, I mean, this is being realistic. So this is life in red today. Yeah, life in red. Life in red. She's still going to be black, though, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still life in red and black. So, yeah, that's We're it for us people. today. We'll be out. <laughs>